Welcome to the Grafton Baptist Podcast. For more information about our church, please visit graftonbaptist.com. One of the songs today said that uh, God has made us free. He has made us free. That freedom we used to become slaves to righteousness, slaves to them. And that's the topic that we're going to speak about today. If you have your Bibles, let's go to Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6. We need a show. We need a show. Matthew chapter 6. And we're just going to go read verses 1 to 4 today. Matthew chapter 6. Heavenly Father, we're about to open your word and Lord, thank you that it's alive and that it speaks to us and that it's relevant and uh, that you care for us enough to give us instructions on how to be righteous, how to imitate your righteousness, Lord. So open our understanding this morning, not my words, but your words, Lord, in Jesus' name, amen. Okay, beware of practicing your righteousness before other people in order to be seen by them. For then you will have no reward from your Father who is in heaven. Thus, when you give to the needy, sound no trumpet before you as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, that they may be praised by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you give to the needy, do not let... Your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your giving may be in secret. And your Father, who sees in secret, will reward you. So this chapter begins with a warning. And I can already see uh, a little bit of change of tone from what we've been studying before. Jesus is going to go deep into the root of the thought of the day. And he starts to use a word that is fairly strong. He calls people hypocrites. Um, and we're going to see why. We're going to see why. But there, the, the chapter begins with a warning. With a warning. Do you remember the last verse of, cha- of chapter 5? Without looking. Do you remember what was the last thing that he said? Be perfect. Be perfect. And he says... On the next chapter, the next verse, remember that this, this, is a, this was a sermon. So he tells them, be perfect, but be careful not to practice your righteousness. Okay, so I just wanted to bring that attention to you. It's, it's, there's a continuity between chapter 5 and chapter 6. He ends with saying, be perfect, but be careful, be careful. Because when we strive to be good, sometimes self can get on the way. A warning, the chapter being with a warning from the previous chapter. Aim at perfection, but be careful of putting a show, of being a hypocrite. It is human nature to stand against the principles that God has placed. We want to set our own standards of good and evil, of right and wrong, right? So we have to be careful. We have to be careful. It is in the human nature to want to steal from God that which belongs to him. It is in our nature. It is in my nature to corrupt the order that God has set also. 
it is in human nature to corrupt the order of things. And we see that all around us. I mean, there's no question about that. I want to be praised. The image wants to be praised. It is this desire. This desire is satanic. There's no way around it. It's satanic. And we would do good to be vigilant, to open our eyes to this kind of behavior. Hypocrisy. Beware of practicing your righteousness before other people in order to be seen by them. So the first question that I had is, okay, so what is righteousness, right? What is, what is righteousness? That's, that's the first question that came to my mind. And I did a little bit of digging. Because remember that Matthew is a book that was written for the Jewish people, a Jewish audience. So what was the idea that they had of righteousness? Righteousness in Hebrew... The word for righteousness, it's sadik. And it's a, a, a Hebrew uh, verb which carries the meaning of doing that which is correct and just. So that's righteousness, doing what is right, what is correct, what is just. A judge, for example, under the law is required to be, to pursue righteousness. What does that mean? That if someone is wrong, that wrong should be made right. That if something is stolen, things have to be restored. If, if an innocent is suffering, we suffer, we stop the suffering of the innocent. And those who have caused harm shall be corrected so that they can return to doing what is good. That was the calling of a judge. That was the calling to do righteousness. That was the calling to impart justice to all. A person that is righteous is someone that makes everything the way it should be. Someone that brings order. Someone that does that which is right. So who is righteous? Now that I know what righteousness is, the next question is, who's righteous? Well, to understand what righteousness is, we need to first understand the opposite. What is wicked? What is someone wicked? Is a person that is wicked is someone that departs from God. Okay, and the root of the words, it's, it's really interesting because if you remember the people of Israel, they, they, and, and even before Abraham, they were people that would travel around places. And they had sort of certain routes, a path, you know, they knew where to get water. They knew where the green pastures were, and they would go around that path. They would go around that path. But the wicked would depart from that path and get lost. That was the wicked, the people that got lost. So a righteous person is a person that stays on the path. A person that it's upright, right? That stays on the path. So it has that sense of something that is upright. Something that is straight. So a person that is righteous is a person that stays on the path that God has placed and set. Anyone that leaves this path, he can become lost. A righteous person is not one who lives a religious life, as, as we sometimes think, right? He's one who follows the correct path, the way of God, after the image of God. And pay attention to those that are studying through, through the inductive Bible study. Those, those words should open your eyes and say, oh yeah, the image of God, the right path. And I found this definition of the righteous, and I love it. The righteous is calibrated to the manufacturer's original specifications. 
so that everything about him is just as his creator meant it to be. And all the desires and his wants are the desires and wants of the creator. When I was a teenager, I really liked electronics. And we did this thing uh, back then. I don't know. People probably still do it. But uh, I had an iPhone, and I would jailbreak this iPhone. And let me explain what that meant. You know, as you know, it's, it's, the system is really restrictive. So what you would do is obtain access to the phone, to all, all of the phone, and do whatever you wanted with the phone. And you could do cool things, you know. Uh, you, could, you could make your iPhone uh, look really cool or do, do things that they don't usually do. But it came with a downside. Sometimes if you did something wrong, the battery would run out really quickly. Or uh, your phone would freeze all the time. Or it would just die, <laughs> you know. So it came with dangers. And that's exactly, I, I found that picture really helping to me. A person that is righteous is the person that acts after the image of God. He's doing what God intended you to do. That is righteousness. That is righteousness. A person that is righteous is the person who embodies God's basic or fundamental conception of a human being. And the earth sees the reflection of God through someone righteous, right? Through someone righteous. Righteousness brings godliness in the world. Now, because this is a Jewish book, I had to go and see what the rabbis, how the rabbis describe someone righteous. And pay attention if, and tell me if it reminds you of someone. <laughs> like all of us, the righteous must eat and sleep. He must take time for leisure and he enjoys the company of others. So he's just a regular person. But he does all things in a higher way. Because the righteous, for the righteous, there's nothing that just is. Things have meaning for him. Everything is with a purpose. In all things, he sees meaning. The righteous, for the righteous, everything that exi exists is a way to connect to God. So basically, a righteous person is, whether you sleep or drink or whatever you do is for the glory of God, right? That's what they're saying. Pay attention to this next paragraph. This then is a righteous person. One in whom we see our true selves. Who allows us to realize that each one of us is made after the image of God. And so, just by being there, near this righteous person, but especially by our bonding with him, he connects us to God who breathes within each one of us. Describing Jesus. <laughs> they are describing the Lord Jesus Christ. I found this is one of the most beautiful descriptions of our Lord Jesus Christ that I found. Made by men. Righteousness is the Lord Jesus Christ. So we must try to be perfect like our Father is perfect. We must try to be righteous like Jesus Christ was righteous, is righteous. Beware of practicing your righteousness before other people in order to be seen by them. For then you will have no reward from your Father who is in heaven. So there is righteousness and then there is my righteousness. My righteousness. So what is my righteousness? My righteousness comes from a wicked heart. A heart that has departed from the path. A, a heart that is not loyal to its king. That's my righteousness. This goes after the heart of the rabbinical system. 
at its best, it, let, it stressed three different duties of the religious person. Charity, fasting, and prayer. And Jesus is going to go through all of those things that were the fundamental themes of the rabbis and the Pharisees at that time. Those three things, those three, those three things are considered righteousness, okay? But evil found its way even there. When, when the rabbis and the Pharisees started, they didn't want it to be wicked. They didn't got together and say, hey, let's create a system so that when the Messiah comes, we reject him. No. They started with a pure heart. They started with good intentions. And they departed from the path. So we ought to be careful as well. My righteousness sets dominance over others. When you give, you're in a position of power. And that's what they were doing. That which is the essence of all religion, of good religion, was absent even from their acts of charity. We ought to be careful as well. So what does righteousness and charity have to do with each other? Because the chapter starts speaking about righteousness, but then he jumps into charity. The word righteousness and charity share the same root in the Hebrew. That's why they're together. So today's charity versus charity in the Bible. Today's charity, today's charity is um, just an act of goodwill, right? You see someone that comes to the church, let's say teen challenge or, or whatever thing. And you say, you know what? I want to give money. It's just, it's just an act of, of kindness at the moment. But charity or righteousness in the Old Testament was a duty. What's the duty? For example, farmers were supposed to leave a section of their field for anybody to go and grab from it. That was righteousness. If someone loaned you, if you loaned money to someone and they didn't pay you back, you had the right to go and ask for a piece of cloth from them. But the Bible says, if the person is poor, go and give them back their cloak so that they can sleep at night. So they're not cold at night. That is righteousness. That is righteousness. It's an ethical obligation. Righteousness is an ethical obligation. So we ought to be careful not to practice our righteousness. And I found that word practice very interesting. It is a way of life. There, there, you can practice your righteousness or his righteousness. There's, there's no in-between. You've made a choice. So you ought to examine yourself. Which one are you practicing? Which one are you practicing? What, what comes to your mind when you give? It is a choice at the root of the practice is the elevation of self. Of my righteousness, I want to elevate myself. The worship of the image instead of the creator. We, we become our little, we worship ourselves. <laughs> you know, we want all, we crave that worship. It gives a feeble and passing gratification when men is the center of the universe. When men is the center of Practicing my righteousness doesn't bring much. That's it. That's all you're going to get. Passing. It feels nice. Yeah, it feels nice. But it's passing. And you become the center of, you, you, you think that you're the center of the universe. And therefore, the universe becomes really small. <laughs> we ought to give glory to him. 
Giving becomes a greedy enterprise because we covet praise for me. Isn't it sad? When we see this, when you see the nature of man displayed in Scripture, because it's true, we have to fall on our knees and say, Lord, please forgive us. Lord, search my heart. Let's go to Matthew chapter 25. Verse 31. So why would I practice real righteousness instead of my righteousness? Why? Matthew 25 verse 31. When the Son of Man, when, not if, when the Son of Man comes in His glory and all the angels with Him, then He will sit on His glorious throne before Him, before the King, will be gathered all the nations, that's you and me. And he will separate people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. And he will place the sheep on his right, but the goats on the left. And the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. This is a royal proclamation, giving us right from his authority to abide with him. For, come here because of this. For, I was hungry and you gave me food. I was thirsty and you gave me drink. I was a stranger and you welcomed me. I was naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you came to me. Then the righteous, remember charity and righteousness, they go together hand in hand. So that's why the word here is not a mistake. It's saying, then the righteous will answer him, saying, Lord, when, when did we see you hungry and fed you or thirsty and gave you drink? And when did we see you, when would we see you a stranger and welcome you or naked and clothe you? And when did we see you sick or in prison and visit you? And the king, the master of the universe, our creator, the eternal one will say to you, Truly I say to you, as you did, did it to one of the least of these, my brothers, you did it to me. <laughs> then he will say to those on his left, depart from me, you cursed, into the eternal fire, prepare for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry, and you gave me no food. I was thirsty, and you gave me no drink. I was a stranger, and you did not welcome me. Naked, and you did not clothe me. Sick. And in prison, and you did not visit me. Then they will also answer, saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or naked or sick or in prison and did not minister to you? That doesn't sound like me. I like to minister to people. When did I happen? Well, he will answer them, saying, Truly I say to you, as you did not do it to one of the least of this, you did not do it to me. And this will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. Those that practice righteousness, this righteousness that can only be achieved by the person that has been made new, with a new nature. So why would I want his reward? Because it is eternal. 
because it is good, because it brings me closer to him, because he gives glory to him. There's a proverb. And if you want to go there, go ahead. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 18. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 18. But the path of the just or righteous, but the path of the just is like the shining sun. That shines ever brighter unto the perfect day. Be perfect. Because I am perfect. But be careful. <laughs> right? Back to Matthew 6. Sorry. Thus when you give to the needy. Sound a trumpet before you as the hypocrites do. In the synagogues and in the streets. That they might be praised by others. Truly I say to you, they have received the reward. The reward of the hypocrite. Maybe you know, maybe you don't know. But what is a hypocrite? Let me explain that to you. A hypocrite was, uh, back in Greek times, an actor that would put on a mask. What is the reward of an actor? That's the reward of the hypocrite. Now think about you. Why do you give? I don't know. But think about you. Blessed is the one who considers the poor in the day of trouble. The Lord delivers him. Giving is really important. The one who gives receives more. There is a blessing in giving with a just heart, with a righteous heart. Because our Father sees. Our Father sees. Let me, let me illustrate this for you. And it's, it's one of the most beautiful stories in the New Testament. Let's go to Mark chapter 12. Mark chapter 12. Our Father sees. It says, and he sat down opposite to the treasury and watched the people putting money into the offering box. So he was there and he sat down and he was looking. Our father sees. And watched the people putting money in the offering box. Many rich people put in large sums. And the poor widow came. And put in two small copper coins, which make a penny. Nothing. Nothing. And he called his disciples. A teaching moment. To him and said to them, truly I say to you, this poor widow has put in more than all those who are contrib contributing to the offering box. For they all contributed out of their abundance. But she... Out of her poverty has put in everything she had and all she had to live on. Jesus says, 
the amount, the dollar amount, doesn't matter. You know, you only have a penny, that's all you give. And that's okay. Our Father sees. What does He see? He doesn't see what you and I see. I see the external. I see the external. But He sees the heart. That's why we, that's why we have to say, search me, oh God. He sees the heart. And He says, she gave more than all of them. Because she gave everything. With a pure heart. It is never about this, the external. It is about the heart. It is about the root of the issue. Even one cent with the right heart is a great offering for our Lord. I have spent some time in the mountains of Mexico. These people are poor. These people are poor. Um, by poor, I mean they have nothing. Nothing. But I've gone to their house. And they bring buckets of fruit that grow on the trees. That is for them to eat. And they give it all. All. It is better than $20,000. It is better than $100,000. We have fellowship with them. We talk about the Lord. And they give with a right heart. Now, I'm not saying that you, can, you have to be poor in order to, to, to give that way. But it's about the heart. It's about the heart. The Lord loves and delights to see His children obeying. Even... When it is inconvenient. Give to the Lord for his glory. Just like our perfect example. The Lord Jesus Christ. We already saw that the rabbis describe righteousness as Jesus Christ. <laughs> he gave to everyone. Without expecting any reward. He improved the situation of all that were around him without asking questions. Just gave. In the time of Jesus, virtually, there was nobody sick. <laughs> Let us take the name of Christian seriously. Follow the anointed one, our Messiah, and be good citizens of the kingdom. While we travel as pilgrims on this earth blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness for they shall be filled even though we're waiting for the Lord to satisfy once and for all our hunger and our thirst for righteousness we can as his image impart of his righteousness to those in need today by doing so, we point them to him. Not to me, but to him. But the path of the just is like the shining sun that shines ever, bright, ever brighter unto the perfect day. Let us strive to be perfect because he's perfect. 
Let us strive to be holy because He is holy. And let us strive to follow the righteousness of our Lord Jesus Christ as well with our hearts. Thank you very much. This, this sermon was a blessing to me. It was, it was, it was a delight to, to see what, the righteous, what righteousness is. It is delightful. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Lord, thank you for, thank you, Lord, for the new nature that you have given me. Lord, I know that you will continue to perfect each and every one of us that have believed in you. Every day. So now that we know what righteousness is, what charity is, what it means to give to others. Help us to go out and obey your word. Please remind us, Lord, that you are king. And these are not suggestions, but rather the guidelines of the citizens of your kingdom. Lord, I pray that you will bless this week. Lord, take us home in peace. And thank you for everyone that you have given a desire to work and serve at the church. In Jesus' name, amen.